Good day, high flyers, and welcome to the Aim High podcast. Today, I am giving you a treat. There are two great networking people that I know and have in my life right now, JJ Azizian and Andrea Lane. Andrea, you are the queen of networking. How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? I am doing great. You and I have known each other for about four years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you mind doing me a favor? I know you, I love you, but could you uh, do me a favor? Give me a nice, warm and bubbly introduction. Sure. So I'm Andrea. I have been in real estate for over 40 years. I have done many things wrong, which allow me to do a few things right and move forward. Right now in my company, I am the networker. I go out, I meet people, I talk to people, I teach people. And my goal is in the next three years to have a hundred millionaires. I have 15, so I need 85 more that I help push along in their real estate career. You know, you can add me to that list if you'd like. I think you're already on it. I met you when I started on my journey. I was sitting in a boot camp in Dallas and there was this crazy lady running around asking everybody for business cards, talking to everyone. And the next thing I knew, we were friends. You knew everything about me in a matter of like five minutes. Well, I try to gather as much as I can about people, get a card and follow up. And follow up is really the key to networking. It's how I learn everything about everybody. And then, of course, I keep the information so I don't forget because my mind isn't that good. And because of you, I have made contact with so many quick, fast movers, high flyers, and just incredible people. So I thank you for that. Well, I can say the same for you. You have introduced me to your live meetings are fabulous. So I'm very happy to have you in my circle. Thank you. I appreciate that. Andrea, let's go back. I know it's been a while, but a couple of days at least. You're 29 again. Oh, thank you. Let's 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 talk about how you started in real estate. Sure. So uh, my story is probably a little different from most people. I did not get into real estate because I knew about it, because I understood rentals. I got into real estate because I didn't want to pay taxes. Back in the day, there wasn't a professional real estate investor. Mm -hmm. It was just if you had rentals, you could take it off your active income. And I did not want to pay taxes. So that's why I got into real estate. And back in the day, there weren't network events. Of course, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't the interface with people you have today. There was one guy that I could find, carton sheets that had cassettes, not even the video cassettes, that I could watch. And he was good at teaching you how to get in, but not so much when you had a problem or how to get out. So I made many, many, many mistakes, which is why I'm happy to teach people not to do it. I have over leveraged things. I have done the wrong rehab for rentals. I've done the wrong rehab for rehabs. So yeah, it's been a journey and it's been a long one. When I started My first deal was a house in Long Island that I got for $25,000. I paid 18% interest. It's pretty funny nowadays. They say 7%, you're overpaying. And I'm like, oh my God, that's normal. That's like, (laughs) we haven't been at normal in so long, people don't recognize it. 18% was high, but it still made sense. I had that house for over 20 years. Made money, was good, just kept moving from there. I bought a 24% interest rate. That's how I started. Just just like I do a lot in life. I throw spaghetti on the wall. The only thing that I do different from a lot of people is I don't stop. 
Yeah. So when the spaghetti starts to trickle, I find something else that's going to stick the rest of it back up again. I've had Tyler Gobel on, who is an economist, an engineer, and all he does is stats. And we went through from the beginning of recorded time, which is the Fed, till now, the average interest rate is between 6 and 7% roughly. Yeah. So where we are right now is pretty much average in the life of the loan. And then our mutual friend, Brian Fine, pretty much says the exact same thing. People don't recognize that buying at 24 or 18%, you still have to run the numbers regardless of the interest rate. And if the numbers don't work, it's not a deal. It's all about in the buy, right? Your numbers have to work when you buy it, especially if you buy a rental. I say this all the time. If you buy a rental, it really doesn't matter. If the numbers work on day one to cash flow, on day 365, it's going to be better and it's just going to get better from there. Like yeah. It's a no-brainer. Give me a nightmare story. What's your favorite one to tell? So I am invested in multiple states and every state I go into, I go in for a specific reason and I find boots on the ground. So I find a partner, not a JV, not a one shot deal, not a realtor. I find someone to truly partner with. And hopefully I've done my due diligence and I know I can trust the person. And we partnered in Baltimore. Now I have a team. There's four of us on my team. No matter where we go, the core stays and goes to every state. So my core was firm and we partnered with someone in Pittsburgh, in Baltimore and was working out good until it wasn't. And his wife decided he needed to move to Miami. And he said, I'll be back. Well, we have 13 rehabs going on at one time and he did not come back. It was a great learning experience on some things, some more research to do on partnerships. But we were able to get through it. One of my partners brought her dad over from Bali. We had him stay at one of our houses and oversee it because Baltimore is three and a half hours from home. I can't be there two or three times a week. And I certainly couldn't move there. So if you're getting into partnerships, understanding who you're partnering with and building that relationship and making sure that the terms in your operating agreement are really nailed down shut, that probably was the worst horror story. I've over-leveraged properties. That's a mistake that I was able to get out of. But the real horror story was getting stuck in Baltimore with 13 rehabs and not being there. If I remember right, one of those I toured during a rehab boot camp. And you did. That is still our house. We still own it. There's a still we kept a couple in Baltimore just because the numbers worked. But that wasn't the goal, right? The goal was always to have boots on the ground. Yeah. So that's it was an experience. But it all turned out okay. We lost some money. Mm-hmm. We lost significant money. Fortunately, all our lenders got paid back. So from a lender perspective, no one knew we had an issue. Mm-hmm. From a contracting issue, like I said, we brought Terry back from Bali. He flew in for us and stayed there. He's been in real estate for over 40 years, mm-hmm. and he understands the construction process. So he stood on top of it. And so we were able to make it through, get everything done longer than expected, clearly, which is how we lost so much money. We unloaded some of the properties before we finished them. Not an experience I'd wish on anybody else but it was a great learning experience for us. And we ended up coming out with some properties that are great rentals and moving on to another location. The great point about this is you were in for 30 plus years at the time that all this happened. Mm -hmm. So 
it just goes to show that it doesn't matter how long you've been in, things happen. Life goes on. Always. Always. And yeah. it's a matter of digging yourself out of a hole that you get into, fi figuring out what went wrong, never doing that again. So I will say the one thing that's pretty good is we usually don't do the same mistake twice, right? If I see mm -hmm. something, we try to avoid it. But yeah, you're always going to make a mistake and you're always going to have to figure out a way around it. And okay. so my goal, and just like yours, is to to give people the information so they don't make the same mistake. And the more that we teach, the more comes back to us in the long run, not only from an altruistic point, not only that, but also from the returns that we get through our network. At 100%. 100%. Speaking yeah. of which, let's talk about Coast to Coast. We have a couple of companies, right? So we have the Coast to Coast Turnkey Company. And what that company does is we buy and sell properties. We buy them and we sell them to clients who want to get into the Pittsburgh area, but don't necessarily live there. Although we now have Pittsburgh clients, which is amazing. We did have a property management company that managed our properties. We never wanted to be in that business, but we were forced into a corner. That was not a good experience. It took us away from our core business. Mm -hmm. We no longer own a property management business. If our clients have issues with their property managers, they can call us and we'll work with them, mm -hmm. but we don't own the property management company. We own a construction and a maintenance company, which we need to make sure that we can do upgrades, maintenance, and rehabs. Mm -hmm. But my close to my heart is I own a networking company. We own it, but I love it. You are uh, it. I, 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 I am constantly looking to help people grow in their real estate career, in their real estate mindset, and in their knowledge of what things are. And things change all the time. So saying that 40 years ago, I listened to Carlton Sheets and it was good, but it's not what it is today. Even five years ago, the way the market was has changed. So you have to constantly be on a new knowledge path. And I hope to continually provide new knowledge. Yeah, so that, that's a little bit about our companies. Um, we also have a mentoring program for people who are, we have three different levels. So it doesn't matter where you're at. We have a free level. We have a, just a mentoring. We have a level for beginners or people who need a, a kick in the ass. Yeah. Then we have a, a mastermind program for people like you who are really into the marketplace and understand it and want to share ideas. That's pretty much what we're into now. Tomorrow, something may change, but for now, this is where we're at. Now. With all this stuff going on, where are you guys going next? So I would like to go to Houston, personally. We're not there yet. We're still heavily into Pittsburgh. Right now, Pittsburgh is a really hot market. Yeah. Um, and the reason, so I have a set of criteria when I move into a market. And one of the criteria is appreciation. Mm -hmm. I do not want to move into a city that is like New York I can tell you bad experiences on that, right? But I don't want to move into a New York or a San Diego where everything goes up and then it goes down. Pittsburgh is really nice. It just slowly stays level. When the market goes like this, Pittsburgh goes flat and then it starts going up a little bit. The last three years, as an exception, because I don't know of any place except maybe a rural spot that's built on a volcano that did not appreciate ridiculously. I think Pittsburgh's back on track. We went really up. I think we're going to take a slight dip and then just level off and keep going because that's the market we're in. Um, it was named the number one 
city in the world for affordability, which is pretty amazing. As everybody knows, there's a huge problem with affordability, not only in this country. Mm -hmm. And so Pittsburgh has um, made it to the top, which also makes it more attractive to people to invest. Not to mention the fact that it's like uh, Silicon Valley East. So one thing many people look at when they look at location is Mm -hmm. what's the population coming in? Pittsburgh does not have a population coming in. It's pretty Mm -hmm. stable, but the age of the people who are there are younger. So older folks are moving where it's warm and the younger folks are staying and moving in. So I'm okay with that. That seems to be working. Slow and steady wins the race, as they say, right? Good day, High Flyer. Are you ready to take your real estate investment sky high? The Aim High REI is the perfect Facebook community for you. Get answers from experienced investors, connect with other motivated individuals, and benefit from valuable resources all in one place. If that sounds like something that interests you, join our amazing network today, and we will help elevate your investing journey beyond what you believe is possible. Aim High REI is on Facebook, or click the link in the show notes. The best part is, it's completely free to join. Andrea, let's go into the soaring four. These are the same four questions that I ask every guest that can help someone who is just starting out achieve new heights. What is something you use to keep yourself motivated? I keep myself out in the marketplace networking with not only clients and lenders, but I keep myself out there with what's going on in the marketplace. And when I say that, I'm not as as knowledgeable about all the technologies that are out there, Mm -hmm. but there are so many people out there who are doing different things that can help your business grow. And by doing that, I stay excited about what I can teach people that they don't know about, keeping them one level ahead and consistently moving. And that really motivates me. It keeps me going. What is one thing that you've learned that completely changed your mindset? Hmm. That one was tough. I am a positive person, so I didn't have to change it. That's what I Most people have to change their attitude. But what I did have to do is I hate technology. I despise (laughs) it. And ironically, that's where I lived for for 40 years in technology environment. I designed systems. I ran systems. But I hate it. And what's changed my mindset or changed my mind, really, is that there are technologies out there that are not hard to use Mm -hmm. that I need to learn. Yeah. Getting into new technologies um, and realizing for myself that it's really important, as opposed to what I really want to say is, I'm a technology dinosaur and I never want to learn it again. That's (laughs) usually what I say. But really, you have to learn. Yeah. I could go down a rabbit hole and spend the next hour and 45 minutes minimum on integrations and technological advancement and AI and all that stuff. Speaking of tools, what tools do you use to keep yourself on track? Hmm. One is business cards, which I know a lot of people use their phone for collecting information. I use business cards. And the second part of that is the CRM, Mm -hmm. right? I put it in and monitor who I talk to when and try and keep on top of people that I haven't spoken to in a while. And my CRM tool is probably the most important tool in terms of use. And then, of course, the phone, getting on the phone and calling people. I don't have any one. I, you know, it's sort of like your business card goes to your CRM. The CRM goes to the call and the follow up call is the most important thing you can do, not only in real estate, in, in just about everything, right? Yeah. People, I, I, one of the deals, and it's one of my favorite things to talk about. We went out um, in Baltimore and we got this deal. We were originally going to sign for it at $120,000. 
And the guy wanted a whole lot more. And we were like, no, sorry, numbers don't work. We're not going to do it. And six months later, we went back and we got the deal for $65,000. Wow. And it's a matter of following up, right? It, it It's key to everything. So that business card to get the data and the CRM to store it and the phone call to copy, you can't beat it. Boom. Some great knowledge. And just for the simple act of just getting a business card, the one thing that we've noticed is that even if you're just dropping in, it's what I tell my students, even if you just drop a reoccurring task into Google Calendar and call this person once a quarter, it works. Absolutely. 100%. I guess you told me that. <laughs> oh, I hope it was me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if you had to start all over, what's one thing you'd change? I would not have sold any properties. I have a caveat to that. There were some that were mistakes, good riddance to bad trash. But in general, the one regret I have is the properties I've sold. Mm -hmm. And I've purchased hundreds, maybe at this point, maybe close to a thousand, not just for me, for others. But the ones I can tell you, there's one around the corner from my house I sold. Every day I see it, I want to kick myself. Like it's, yeah. And, And the other thing is not buying enough sooner. People want to know when it's good to buy now. Yesterday was better. Now is perfect. And so go out and buy everything you can. There's only so much dirt in this world and I want to own as much of it as possible. (laughs) One of the titles of the podcast is I lost my job. Now I'm just going to go buy dirt. And it was about a guy who does nothing but land bank now. And within one year, he was able to completely replace his lost income. Andrea, you're the queen of networking. The amount of information that you have about buying and holding rental properties, you probably forgot more than I'll ever know. And I really do appreciate your time today. I thank you so much for inviting me. It's been fabulous. It is absolutely my pleasure. So to reach out to Andrea, check out the links in the show notes. If you're finding value and you find this information interesting, give me a review on iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to sign up for the Aim High REI. Catch our Friday live stream. It is fun and it's free. Until next time, aim high. Thank you.